What's up, y'all? Have a seat. It's your favorite hour of the week with the Facts Over Axe crew. This is our six-month anniversary. It's our six-month anniversary. We'll be 24 episodes deep in. R.I.P. to COVID. We're not going to be weirdos and be like, at the 824 mark. We're, no, we're not going to do that. <laughs> but anywho, um, you got the the master that makes the master, Josh Gotten in the building. That is I. You got the money man, the man with the plan, Chris Allen in the building. Right here, right here. And the little old MC, that's me, Kenton Gibbs, in the building. I'm going to go ahead and hand it off to Chris because his boys are back on, second time visitors. I'm going to let Chris introduce him. All right, you know we got our friends of the pod until they do the power on like Rose did. Rose did, so <laughs> I don't think they do it on me and Alex type. But we got my boy Alex and Rayvon back on here, man. They got their podcast going, and I, I love talking basketball with Alex, man. Literally, when we was at work one time, Literally talked basketball for a whole eight hours, dog. Literally just sat there and did the little yes, stuff we sir. was doing and talked basketball a whole eight hours. So I just want to get these guys' opinion on the NBA because, you know, the NBA just ended. So we got to talk about it because we don't have nothing to watch anymore besides football, baseball. So let, let me hear from you first, Alex. Let me hear how you how you feel like the whole bubble experience was, the finals, the playoffs, all that went. For sure. Uh, so – when the bubble first started, I actually thought it felt a little forced. I didn't think it felt organic at all, you know, for them to just halt the season very abruptly. And then for them to just kind of pick it back up, you know, uh, I can't remember when they picked it back up. Was it June? June-ish? And that's when they're supposed to have the yeah. finals going on. And I'm like, it just doesn't, it didn't seem right for them to be in the middle of the regular season in June. Like, it, it didn't seem right. right. So I thought it was a little forced. But, man, when that shit started, I'm like, dog, the bubble slapped. Dame was putting up 60, 50. Uh, man, players <laughs> were just heating up. Uh, Jamal Murray, you know, the Nuggets, they were doing their thing. So I started quick, liking it as soon as it kind of started to get rolling. Real quick correction. The bubble started on the 30th. The bubble uh, restarted on uh, the 30th of July. July 30th. 30th of July. Okay, okay. So I was a little early. Yeah. So that's even later. Oh, but e- you know either way, either way. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The season yeah. is supposed to have been gone by July 30th. It, it would have been summer league. It would have been getting ready for exactly. summer league by then. Exactly. We would have been so, seeing I mean, LaMelo ball. <laughs> right. We would have been seeing Melo, uh, my man from Georgia. I think Anthony Edwards is his name. I mean, yeah, hey, we, we did been. see A Melo. We saw A Melo perform <laughs> well around that time. Not nah, nah, Melo, though. <laughs> exactly. But uh, yes, yeah, exactly. Uh, the Trailblazer dude playing good. You know, D Book. Was fooling. The Suns had a great run in the bubble, so I mean, you know, when it, once it started, I'm like, man, I, I I really fuck with the bubble. You know what I'm saying? I think Adam Silver was up to something. Um, you know, there was a lot of funny stories going on. You know, the whole Lou Will situation. You know, uh, players sneaking in their girls into the bubble. You know, it, it was it was some funny shit going on. But I, I all in all, I ended up really liking it. So I mean, so transition to the playoffs. I think the playoffs. I think that went well. Um, my favorite series uh, was probably between that Miami and Boston series. I like that series. I like that first round Clippers and Mavericks series. And um, man, how good I mean, was Luca, man? Man, Luca, man, Luca showed me some stuff because that was his first time in the playoffs. And yeah. then in our podcast, we were saying if Por- if Porzingis was healthy, Clippers probably would have lost in the first round. You know. You know, I, I wouldn't have been surprised. I, 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 I don't know because the, the Clippers had the refs on their side a lot that series I'm, too, man. I'm not going to say lot. that the Clippers <laughs> – I'm not going to say that I'm sure that the Clippers would have lost, but I wouldn't have been surprised by the outcome either way. I wouldn't have been surprised, if Because Luka was putting up 40 pieces. Like, the Clippers perimeter defenders, which everybody's just claims are just so great, Paul George, Kawhi, Pat Bev, Marcus Morris, all these dudes, they just claim they dogs this, dogs that. They was getting exposed, man. Luka was going stupid on them. Next round, Jamal Murray is going crazy on them. Y'all already had y'all little slander on the Clippers. Hey, Josh, let me get, hey, in, Josh, let me get a little bit in on that. Hey, hey Josh, Luka is celebrate good times right here. I, I want to hear some music. I want to hear something exciting while we slander the Clippers. Go ahead. Go on with your back. Keep on slandering them. Because, man, it's just, they just – they were just all talk, man. They got all these. And then Luca, Paul, I'm sorry, not Paul George, Kawhi Leonard switching off of Luca and letting uh, Reggie Jackson get abused like that. That was just, Ooh. that was, that was nasty. 
Nah, listen, Luka listen. Luka Doncic hitting that game winner on Black Lives Matter court felt a little anti-black, <laughs> but we're not going to talk about it. Hey, listen, listen, listen. I know I'm not in the league, man. I know I didn't play Division One basketball, but I do hoop. I, 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 I play pretty decent when I do hoop. I know I ain't the best. But I don't care. If I'm the best player on the team, I don't care what happens. Screen, anything. I'm getting the offensive foul. I'm running over that. I'm Luca's not yeah. getting a shot off over without me being near him. Period. Kawhi, but, I, like I, I get you switch off if it's a pick and you trying to avoid him getting an open shot. I'm, I'm, I'm running into that pick, bro. I'm, 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 I'm following. I'm doing something, bro. So. You mean to tell me, key addition Reggie Jackson? You don't trust his defense down the stretch? Key addition <laughs> Reggie Jackson. I mean, should Reggie, should Reggie Jackson should have should he even have been on the floor for a defensive possession? Ooh. Team. Quite honestly. And What's that's a shout team? out to Doc Rivers. My co-host is a, is, a, is a big anti-Doc Rivers uh, person. <laughs> Doc I Rivers is anti-Doc Rivers. <laughs> Doc Rivers is anti-Doc Rivers. Let's be honest. Come on now. I don't <laughs> even on, know now. Reggie Jackson. He came over there for the offensive side of the ball. Why was he even in the game, you know, on that defensive play? I agree. Uh-huh. And, and furthermore, Reggie Jackson didn't even provide that much spark on offense. But we're not going to talk about it right now. Go ahead, big time. Go ahead. This is your floor. I mean, so yeah, I mean, just to wrap it up, all in all, I like the bubble. Shout out, shout out to the Lakers. A uh, really shout out to the Heat as well. I didn't expect the Heat to do what they did. Uh, so really, but shout out to the Lakers. Shout out Brian getting his fourth. And uh, I really, and I really fucked with the bubble. I, I, what I really liked about the bubble is that nobody got COVID. That shit worked. Yeah. yeah, I think we yeah. might need to have Adam Silver run for president because these niggas don't know what they're doing, bro. I so mean, it's worse than damn near every other country in the world. <laughs> exactly. It, yeah, it, he put Silver together the bubble. Did. Nobody got the COVID, and, it was, and they lived a regular was, life. That was amazing. Regular and life. The thing, yeah. the thing for me is Adam Silver. I and I, I I'm not. We don't want to get too political here because that's not what we're here for. But Adam Silver did not invent something that was not already out there. He didn't invent something with the bubble that was like, oh man, we we don't know how to solve this. We may act like that as a country. Adam Silver did not. He said, you know what? There's a huge product on the line. There's a lot of money on the line. Let me listen to the experts. It's that simple. It's that simple. The NBA did what they're supposed to do. They shut down for a certain amount of time. Of course, there were going to be a certain percentage of players to get it. That's just how uh, contagious like this work. But when they came back, he said, you know what? Everything that the World Health Organization says will stop this thing from spreading. That's what we'll do. We will not have any if, ands, or buts about it. And the beautiful thing is he had the power to enact that. He had the power to say, hey, nobody leave. Nobody go see your family. Nobody go see whatever. We'll bring them in. And when we bring them in, we'll have it in a controlled environment. Hey, nobody go out and, and party on the town. Don't go out to Magic City lap dance, Lou. And if you do, <laughs> when you come back, you'll be out for 10, 14 days. So that's just my little rant on that. Listen right, to the experts, people. Yeah, let, let's hear from Ray Vaughn on your, on your NBA bubble slash final slash playoffs, all that. I thought the bubble was pretty good. <clears throat> my favorite series was the Raptors versus the uh what they play in the second round? Celtics. Celtics. The Celtics. That was a, that great, was series. a great series. Yeah. I don't know if I like it better than the, the the Heat and the Celtics, but that was that's up there too, though. That's up there too. I was rooting. I was pulling for the Raptors to get to the conference finals. I really wanted to see them. I thought the Clippers were going to obviously beat the Nuggets. I think everybody thought that. Yeah. Um, I thought the championship round was okay. Um, I I was a little deflated once I found out Bam was a little injured. Um, but I mean, I, I watched it all the way through. Um, it was good for the Lakers to get that that championship for LeBron to get his fourth. Um, I don't know. I think the I think the NBA did a pretty good job. I like the virtual fans. That was a good feature to add. But yeah, overall, I thought the bubble was pretty solid. Yeah. Now, now a question to y'all too, because a lot of people ask me on social media, DM me, all that. I listen to the pod. Do y'all think this ring got an asterisk next to it? Um. Yes and no. I feel like that's a, h- a hard question to answer. I, I, and I that's say, what I've been telling people, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. The reason I say, the reason I say yes, is because, you know, it wasn't the typical conditions that all of the other championships were under. You didn't have the fans. You didn't have the traveling. 
um, they still had the pressure of the media, but they didn't have, you know, the, the, the heckling of the fans. And I feel like the, the media kind of encompasses the fans as well. Um, you, know, you know, you didn't have all, this, all the things that the other championships had to go through. But the reason I say, well, that's my reason for yes. The reason for no is because it's different, but everybody else in the 2020 NBA season had to go through the bubble. So everybody in this year was under the same conditions. And, you know, everybody made sacrifices. um, And the Lakers, I guess they stayed on their game and they ended up coming out on top. So, I mean, it is what it is. They won the championship. And you you can't take anything away from that. History is not going to erase this championship. It's still going to count. And what I've been telling people is you can only play under the circumstances that the league has set in front of you. So basically what I've been telling people right. Yes and no, because yes, you didn't have to travel. Yes, you were able to rest a little bit more because you didn't have much to do. You didn't have like, you know, other other tasks you were doing throughout the week. Like during a regular playoffs, you might see a player out there. And I doubt this happens because they're millionaires. But you might even see a player go grocery shopping or something something like that. So or you might see a player, you know, go go do some stuff that takes them away from the game to get their mind off of it. So mm-hmm. that's what I've been telling people. So like that aspect being gone from the game is just that's why I say yeah, but then again, like the bubble also made some players play way better because they didn't have as much pressure. Like I don't right. know about y'all, but Donovan Mitchell when he beat the Thunder, he said he used to throw up before every game because of how many fans were in the arena. Donovan Mitchell looked like a a, a monster in this bubble. Yeah, I know his yeah. team lost, but he no, put he up numbers. <laughs> oh, right. he put up numbers that I don't think we would have saw if they had fans there, especially not Utah. I, I don't think we see those numbers because Utah a tough place. But anyway, Rayvon, you want to speak on it? Um, real quick, personally, though, on, on the contrary, you got you got Paul George saying that, you know, he was playing bad because there were no fans. Right. I'm just saying. I'm just saying that it is. You know, it was it was sad. So get this buster out of here. Get this buster <laughs> out of here. I, you know, I, I was I was gonna stay quiet and let y'all have a floor. I tried. I tried my best. But listen. At the end of the day, ball is ball is ball, okay? Like, I, I understand mental health plays and ass plays a part in this. The things surrounding COVID negatively affect the players' mental health. And, and Paul George did say, I was in a dark place mentally. I was unable to, you know, do what I need to do. Fine, sure. I'm not going to treat him any different than I would anybody else for their inability to do their job. And that that is respectable. That is, however... When you talk about, I'm a dog at my job, if you saw Greg and accountant talk about, I'm a beast with the numbers. I, nobody runs numbers like I do. I audit this thing better than anybody you've ever seen do it. Okay, Greg, well, now you can't show up and say, hey, I can't really do my job because I'm not in the office anymore, guys. I, it's hard. It's Everybody's not around me anymore. I, I'm not a beast with the numbers. I need a TI-84 calculator. Nah, nah, son. That ain't how it worked. But anyway, I'm going to step back off. Y'all got the floor again. I'm sorry. I'm just, I just had to let that be it. I just had to let that be it. Yeah, but that's just my spiel on it. I, I'm sorry to get, but you know, again, I don't, we take mental health seriously here on Facts Over Acts. We take, we understand. We understand. But in Paul George's situation, you on a team with everybody claiming y'all got dogs, y'all all dogs, y'all all dogs. Listen, don't you dare. Don't you dare try to use the excuse of, I have to play under the same circumstances as everybody else, but these circumstances just don't fit me. Come on, knock it off. Knock it, I'm not allowing it. I'm, I'm not allowing it. In the, words of, uh, in the words of the late Chadwick Boseman, we don't do that here. We don't. <laughs> All right, while we on the NBA, though, Gibbs, I got to have my moment to talk because all y'all that talked about me, and even Alex texted me, brought it up. Uh-huh. Got to talk about my Rockets, dog, just for a second. I need I need just, just a minute, man. Just oh, let's talk about it. Let's talk about let, it. Let me tell y'all how happy I am. First, Mike D'Antoni decides to step down after they tried to extend him for whatever reason. Like, I'm not saying it's 100% Mike D'Antoni fault because, I mean, at the end of the day, he coaches. And, and his coaching strategy, it gets you – it sells tickets and it gets you to the playoffs every year because you're going to score a lot of points. You're going to be uh, in, in, in contending for uh, first, second, third, or fourth place in the West every time if you have a player like James Harden in his system. So right. hats off to Dan Tony. I appreciate everything he did for Rockets. He made us relevant again because we were irrelevant for a minute. So 
Shout out to Tony for that. Glad he stepped down though, realized like, look, this is not going to work here in Houston. Like, I don't have the pieces that I need. And he found that out quickly in the playoffs when we couldn't stop Anthony Davis for whatever. We couldn't stop Anthony Davis. We couldn't stop anybody to save our life. Just, I, I don't know. Hey, and the thing is, one thing that I do find extremely funny about that, the video of Austin Rivers when he was getting the lineup and he was like, man, I'm trying to box out AD. I'm 6'4", 215. I'm trying to box out Dwight and Brown and JaVale. And I'm hacking them. <laughs> and I'm doing everything I can. I have always argued and people said I was wrong for saying it and, and I was just anti-Rockets. I said, the Rockets get away with fouling a lot of bigs, a lot, because they're yeah. small. They get away with a lot of hacking at big men that should not be allowed, which is why that small ball should not work. If refs have objective eyes and say, all right, no, Austin Rivers hitting you on the arm is the same as Steven Adams hitting you on the arm. It affects the shot. If they say that and realize that, there's no way that that small ball does anything because it depends on I'm going to get away with, you know, a little bit of pity pat, a little bit of tappy, a little bit of push your elbow in when you're shooting the ball from 10 feet away, which seems like it's nothing. But, I mean, if you've ever played basketball, somebody pushes your elbow in three inches when you're shooting, that's, that's the shot. That's the whole thing right there. So. You know, just want to throw that a little side in, but I'm also happy for you, Chris. Go ahead, celebrate good times. Okay. Come on. All right. Now, now, now. <laughs> the next good thing I'm happy about is, well, actually, that Tony system not gonna work because you can't rebound. We actually played good defense. If you look at the numbers, we just couldn't get a rebound, and then they got a second chance point. Then it was just like, okay, the defense was full of waste. Now we tired on offense. But I'm extremely happy Daryl Morey decided to step down. Like, and the fact that we were gonna re hired Daryl Morey just oh man if you talk about analytics and Mike D'Antoni Daryl Morey is just as guilty like he right. he put that That's into right. the air like when D'Antoni introduced it to Daryl Morey Daryl Morey said man this is like incredible like you're so right and they won a lot of games I think we was first place in the west a couple years well one year and then we was top three seeds for the last two years then we was fourth seed this year so and we had the Warriors, the, the the almighty Warriors. We had them down 3-2. So, I mean, I, I get why you buy into that system, Daryl Morey. But at the same time, you had us in so many political jams. And I'm not even a politician, but it's just Daryl Morey was just messy, as the word we use nowadays. He's just messy, man. And for, sure. for him to the 100% buy into small ball and and literally trade away a a, a, a 2020-style big man of rim running that defends five positions and Clint Capella rebound the basketball. We can put him on anybody, literally. On the switch on the screen, he can guard anybody. So, for me, he fit into what we were trying to do because all he was doing, and he was an escape route for Russ and James Harden to lob the ball up to when when they got double driving to the basket. So, I I didn't understand that move. I mean, I'm happy Daryl Morey stepped down. I'm happy D'Antoni stepped down. The question is, what do y'all think we do next? Because I, I have the slight like all the people they interviewing. I don't even understand why they interview them. I don't even I don't even uh, remember who they moved Capella for. Robert Covington. Oh, uh, Robert Covington. And, yeah. yeah, and it was he got <laughs> so we got somebody else in that deal. Okay, we got. So Capella's on Philly. No, he's on Atlanta. Atlanta. It was a three team trade. Three team mm, trade. You're right, you're right, you're right. We sent somebody to the Timberwolves. The Timberwolves sent us uh, Covington. And then, no, we sent, no, Timberwolves sent someone to, yeah, Covington came to the Rockets, Capella went to Atlanta, and Atlanta sent somebody to uh, the Timberwolves. Yeah, it was, that was, it was a very interesting trade. And I remember when it happened, I was worried about the Rockets before that trade, as far as like, they could beat the Lakers, they got a shot. After that trade went off, I was like, yep, all righty, that seals it. That sells it. I mean, everybody but see, talking about how well PJ Tucker was going to play at the five, and I'm like, sure, he'll he'll do well for maybe 15 to 20 games. But uh, in that playoffs, when it matters, but after that trade, gives we went on an eight and three streak. Like we we were killing it that next eleven games, and then COVID and happened. And mm-hmm. here's the thing. Here's the thing. The problem with small ball is never the origins of it. It's always the ending. It's never the 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 begin in the beginning. 
uh, not only is P.J. Tucker a skilled big, per se, even though he's 6'7", I don't really want to call him a big, but sure. For, for sake of argument, his position he was playing, he's a skilled big. But at the end of the day, uh, at some point in time, you still have to – the last word in that statement is operative, big. You're a big. You have to bang up against the bigs from other teams. So, sure, when this starts off, you can outrun Steven Adams. You can outrun um, You can outrun JaVale McGee. You can outrun a, uh, a Nurkic or whatever for 20-something games. Sure. But after a while, all that leaning on you, all that pressing on you, all that you got to box them out every time. Everybody love to say P.J. Tucker is tough as nails and all this and that. That's fine. You can be tough as nails as you want. You cannot defy science. You can't. The human body is not designed to have people who are that much bigger than them leaning on them all the time. That's why in football, you don't see defensive ends that are 220 pounds in the NFL because they, you're going to get leaned on by 300-pound tackles. It's not going to go well for you. Same thing in NBA. You don't see small bigs because you'll get leaned on, Okay. All of the short ones are very stocky. If you look at Jason Maxill, if you look at uh, the the dude with the Spurs, Jawan Blair, who didn't have no knees, stocky dude. They were, they were very stocky. P.J. Tucker wasn't built in that mold. So, and even those guys had limitations on what they could do. Yeah. Yeah, that's a fact. Um, yeah. uh, what's the consensus on do y'all think uh, the, the Ty Lue being the head coach of the Clippers is a good move? Ty Lue being the head coach of the Clippers, I mean, again, as much as uh, he's going to have to pretend that he hates LeBron now, he should thank that man. He should thank <laughs> his lucky stars. Because, to be honest, I don't think Ty Lue is a bad coach by any stretch of the imagination. I also don't think that he's earned coaching the team that is supposed to be a contender in the West. Right. I don't think he's earned that. So, Nate McMillan, if he – I'm going to tell you this, I'm gonna, and, and this is – I'm gonna just tell you this, Chris. If they, if the Rockets interview and hire Nate McMillan and get them one or two bigs, one or two solid bigs this year in free agency, y'all got something on your hands. Y'all got. Something I was and, and Gibbs, you know the big I thought we could, we might be able to get. I think Andre Philly Drummond? gonna end up. No, no, Andre Drummond oh, is number one. No, 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 no. Philly might buy out Al Horford, and I know mm, Al Horford okay. a little washed now, but he he would he would do what he needs to do on the rebounds and the defensive end. Right. Offensively, I, we don't really need that much from a from a Al Horford, but and I, I really think that I really think Al Horford is one of those players that in a limited role he will shine. But you cannot exactly. have him you can't have him as your starting four or five and saying like, Oh yeah, I expect him to go out and get me. I, I never understood 10. that move for Philly, bro, because you got Embiid that played back to the basket. Ben Simmons don't shoot, so he played back to the basket or above the rim. And Tobias, he's a shooter, but he's kind of streaky, but he kind of, you know, you don't never know what you get from Tobias. Tobias can really thank Doc Rivers because Doc Rivers helped him out a lot in Clippers because he gave him the ball more than he gave Chris Paul. It's probably why they didn't win anything in the Clippers. But anyway. Yeah. Uh, and then you had, who was, then you had uh, my man's that played from Miami that sent to Philly. Uh, I can't think of his name right now. Uh, dang, y'all know who I'm talking about. Josh Richardson? Josh Richardson, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's another streaky guy. So having all four as your stretch four is just not I, – I, I never understood that move, dog. Like that, I that, didn't even that. understand that move from Boston standpoint either, though, because they got rid of Horford and they had, like, no bigs. They had Tice, but, I mean, I feel like that's what they were – one of the other things that they were lacking was a big. Yeah, I tell everybody that, but Al Horford took the money. But Boston didn't want to pay him the money. You know Danny Ainge, he – Danny Ainge is a he's slippery man. I'll just say that he, he, he really you he does what you least expect. He he has saved so much money and then you, everybody call him dumb, but then it'd be so smart in the end because yeah. now he got he paid Jalen Brown and he probably gonna pay Tatum Tatum so it, and he got Kimba to come over there so he looked like a genius now but at the time it was kind of like what's up? But I think it, it, in terms of the Rockets, I think. Drummond, I, I could I could see Drummond fitting in that system better than Al Horford. My only thing, you can't really switch Drummond as much in the pick and roll because excuse me, you you Andre, can't switch him on a guard Drummond. like that. 
I, if you talk about who I'd rather switch on the guard between Andre Drummond and Al Horford, that's not close. If I see Al Horford, that's fish food. That's that's the whoever offense. That's the guard pull the ball out and make a whole show of isolate. Against Drummond, you're not Drummond is not the world's best perimeter defender for Bigs, but he's got to be top five in the league as far as if if he's isolated on the guard, I think that he'll be able to either A, get a stop, or B, at least not get embarrassed. Al Horford not on that list for me, for me personally. I don't know. I but the thing know. is, I think Clint Capella's on that list too, though. And that's what he I'm saying. Is. I, yeah. I, <laughs> and then they got rid of him. Like If we talk, if we talk offensively, Al, Al Horford has a much better bag than Drummond offensively. I'm not going to argue that. That's not something that I would ever in a B. But defensively, Andre Drummond will put him in a blender. You understand? He would he would block shots in circles around Al Horford. Not only is he taller, he's got a longer reach. He's got better jumping and better timing. So that Al Horford offensively, he's the the modern big man. He spreads the floor. He can he can handle the ball a little bit, make the right pass. But Andre Drummond defensively. With Nate McMillan and what he does, I think Andre Drummond would be the best fit for y'all. No, no, I think. But then again, that's up. depending on y'all getting Nate McMillan as well. Yeah, Correct. I think now if we get Nate McMillan, our defense will improve. If we get Nate McMillan and a big, our defense will improve drastically. But however, if we keep the roster stand packed, I honestly don't think it's any other coach but Dan Tony. So I really don't know what we do in our future because yeah, the way Dan Tony is the, the master of small. Yeah, the way the roster is constructed, it's just—it's. I think it's just kind of downhill. I'm sorry, <laughs> sorry, Chris. I know it's just man, not looking I good. I mean, they—they they have to—they have to <laughs> make adjustments. I mean, honestly, Chris, and Chris knows this. They have to make serious adjustments to that roster. Playing in the NBA and the tallest player on your lineup is six nine is not. That's not a way to win. I mean, you look at all the last champions, and they've all had. A, at least a big that's a shot to turn at the rim who was who would be their shot to turn at the rim right now Robert Covington I mean come on horny man Daniel House I don't know <laughs> by the way by the way Daniel House would be known as horny man Dan to me for the rest of forever for the rest of forever I mean like you know, even if I see him out in public, horny man, like that's that's just what that <laughs> is. Unless he's with his kids, then he gets a pass. If he's with his children, I will not call him horny man in front of his children. But anybody else is there. If mom's or grandma there, they gonna hear me call you horny man dad. I'm sorry. They old enough. They've heard worse. I'm sorry. Man, all I'm gonna say is the Rockets, I really don't know. We don't have a GM right now. We don't have a coach right now. We don't have a center right now. We don't have, it's so much we don't have right now bad. that. Looking bad. Oh man, I, I I cry every night almost, man. I, I think about how how bad we're gonna look, and they better not give us a season opener against like the Lakers when the season does start up, because I'm just gonna be even more emotional. Because I used to be the biggest Bron fan before he was a Laker, and I I, I just don't know, man. And just, also, I just had to get. If, if we're talking like championship contention, I don't see Russell Westbrook being your point guard and you're a championship condition contention. That's my take. Why, why is that? Ooh, I'm not. I'm not a. I'm not a big. I'm not big yeah. on. Uh, I'm not big on Westbrook. I'm just not. He's just his down. His down the stretch decision making. Um. His shooting. Um. His decision making okay. in general. Okay. His shooting I hear percentage. You. I mean, but okay. I I put it to you like this, bro. Put it to you like this. If you take off Rondo. And KCP, Danny Green, and add Russ to that lineup. You don't think the Lakers are a better team? So who are you taking off? Rondo, KCP. You taking off all the guards and giving them like average guards on the Lakers, and and you have Brian with. Let's just say you have Brian and AD. Are you are you are you feeling more confident with Russ? No. Okay. Mm. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait I'd a rather minute. have Rondo. When you want to talk about championship pedigree, I have I'd rather have Rondo yeah. than Westbrook. I, I think Hold we, on, I think we've Hold seen on. the best Russell Westbrook we're ever going to see. What, wait a minute, what is happening in this conversation right now? <laughs> because because I, Rondo I was trying to... over Westbrook. What? When you want to say I... championship pedigree, yes. Hold on, Play hold on, on yes, hold on. most definitely. It, 
Rondo has been gifted with exponentially better oh, please, teammates. Than, Rondo is that dude, bro. Rondo. I'm not. I'm not. Oh, I'm not disputing that. On, I'm not man. disputing that. <laughs> well, now wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I'm not disputing that Rondo is a very good player. He is probably one of the as far as guys who we who we will see their entire career in our lifetime. Rondo is probably top five pure playmakers. Like, that is their number one skill. Everything else comes secondary to that. Rondo's top right. five. But right. if you're telling me, first of all, any guard that you put with LeBron and AD, you can get Mario Chalmers out of whatever Euro league he's in these days. He'll be just fine. He's got yeah, a I shot agree. to win a chip. And I agree. I agree. If you that. put Westbrook with those two, oh, my Lord, stop it. Knock it off. If you put Westbrook, I don't think. And I, I, I don't, think, Ron, I don't think Westbrook is that playmaker though. That's gonna. No, I, you know, I, I brought that up just to. I brought that up just to bring up the fact that if the Rockets was to go get one more star, they would have a big three potentially. That's why I brought it's, it up. Because let me let me explain something to you. LeBron and AD overcame Danny Green actively trying to beat LeBron. <laughs> they, they be, that boy was awful. He was god-awful down the stretch. And let me not exaggerate here. or Let me uh, say that I I do keep this in context of the fact that he was still shooting like 33% from three or something like that uh, in the playoffs. He shot 37% during the regular season. There was a time last year, however, with the Raptors where, and you can ask Toronto fans this, and they'll vouch, there were weeks at a time where Danny Green did not miss an open three. Like, he did not miss a single open three for weeks weeks at shooting at 47 percent up there i think it was either 42 or 47 but this year all of a sudden wide open at the top of the key because everybody loves talking about oh danny's the corner guy he's the corner guy no 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 no. you don't get the most <laughs> final you don't You're get the wide most open threes. guy exactly you don't get the most threes in nba in an nba finals in history by being a corner guy because teams can stop a corner guy. Danny Green is just a great shooter. He did awful this year compared to what he normally does, and they overcame that. You mean to tell me that Russell Westbrook decision-making is that bad to where you're like, nah, no way. No way I can see him win the championship. And when you want to compare, when you want to, compare it to Rondo, uh, yes. Wow. That's not nah, bro. Nah. That's a take. That's a take. That's the it. hottest take. Bro, play, I, I, I just brought that up. That take is hot as fish grease. I brought that up to say to say if we were to get someone on the Rockets, like, and I know this is a long shot, but and we I don't know where money we gonna have because we got to get some money off the books. But if we were to get a Paul Millsap and a Drummond, I like our chances. You get what I'm saying? I I like I like our chances because you could either bring PJ Tucker off the bench, which I feel like. PJ this season, I think he can go to a, a, a sixth, seventh man role now. PJ is amazing, but his three ball wasn't dropping like that, and and also he was asked to do a lot on the defensive end. So if you bring PJ off the bench and you get like a Paul Millsap or a Drummond, and I say these guys because Drummond will be a free agent, and Paul Millsap he's probably going to get bought out by the Nuggets because the Nuggets got a lot of people they got to pay. They got to pay Jeremy Grant, and it looked like he ran Paul Millsap's spot. They got to pay Michael Porter Jr. eventually because he looked like he ran Paul Millsap's spot. So that's why I say Paul Millsap because that's someone we could possibly get, and he is be he'd be a solid fourth, third or fourth option for us. So if we get those two players and you have Russell Westbrook, James Harden, I like our chances, and that's what I was trying to say when I said if you put him on the Lakers because that'd give us essentially a big three if you combine Millsap and Drummond. That, that'd give us essentially a big three. Those two, I'm going to tell you this about a combination like Millsap and Drummond. Those two would make each other exponentially better um, because, you know, not to go off philosophical here, but like Morgan Freeman was talking about on uh, on the um, on Savage Mode 2, when two guys, sometimes when two really good players get together, their abilities multiply in a way that, like, you got a four who can stretch the floor and a five who is the defensive stalwart who's going to get you 10 and 20 or 15 and 20. Nobody's surprised when Andre Drummond gets 20 rebounds, which is, to me, is an amazing feat. But nobody's surprised by that anymore. Um, but the fact of the matter is, those two together, that'd be a hell of a front court. Whoever your three is, whether you want to slide Jeremy Grant over there, Michael Porter Jr. over there, Will the Thrill Barton over there, whoever you want to be your three with those two, that's, you know, I'm not saying that they'll be on the Nuggets. I'm just saying 
those two in the front court, uh, even with PJ Tucker as day three, that's that's a formidable front court. Right. So, and, and that's why I bring that up because Russ, I feel like if you give Russ the right keys behind him, he could be your number two option to go to the finals. He could be your For number sure. two. He could be For sure. Because what Russ does on the court, you have to guard him. And I, I agree. I agree that you can't win a championship with Russ as your option one. But with Russ as your two or three, yeah. Yeah, you'll be. Depending on who your number that. one is. I feel that. Depending on who your number one is, you'll be just fine. Now, right, granted, and we just need somebody to give us a double-double at the center and someone to give us eight and eight at the at the four. And that's all we yeah, really need. Yeah. Yeah, so we'll we'll see. I honestly, I honestly think that the Rockets are gonna flub it up with the GM and head coach pick. Honestly, honestly, I, I think when Jeff Van Gundy got an interview, bro, I, I started to go see when the next nearest Bible study was in the new area. <laughs> I, I just need to go pray. Hold on, you don't mess with Van Gundy? Not for the Rockets roster currently constructed. Okay. okay. Uh-huh. Yeah, uh-huh. Jeff need a big. Jeff love them big. Jeff love Biggs more than Nate McMillan. I want to say, I, I really that argument could be made. He loved more than uh, more than Nate. Yeah. Hold on, wait. They interviewed Jeff or Stan. Oh my God, they interviewed yeah. Jeff. They, they, they interviewed, interviewed Jeff. Jeff. The commentator <laughs> oh. with Mark Jackson. <laughs> oh my God, did he already? Wasn't he already a head coach for the Rockets in he the past? Yes, was he there. already was. Yeah. Oh, oh my God. Oh. Oh look! I mean, you know what? <laughs> and then and then you had guys like John Lucas. I, I, uh, then he has well, uh, Stephen Silas. Me, I'm like, who me, is this guy? Josh, cut the music, dead ass. Cut the music. No more celebrate good times. Um, <laughs> I'm finna get hashtag free hard going already, bro. I'm finna get free hard going already because he don't deserve what's about to happen if they get Jeff Van Gundy or John Lucas, man. They. <laughs> He don't deserve that. He don't deserve that. Who who else is a, a top candidate for them besides those? Those two? Are, those are the three finalists according to yesterday. So it was Jeff Van Gundy, John Lucas, and Stephen Silas. Who is Stephen Silas? I don't know too much. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know Stephen Silas. Research that one. Hold on. Yeah, I don't know who that is. They, they got me. Stuck. Silas. He stuck. played for the no no. I know who Silas. He was the interim head coach for the Hornets the year they uh, seventeen eighteen. Oh, the year okay. Kim the year Kimball left. Oh, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Okay, all right. Well, I hashtag free hard, dog. Free hard, man. Because listen, in the NBA, your coaches don't matter as much as in like a college basketball or as as much as they would in the NFL. But you still need somebody decent. You still need. You can't just throw out the whoever coach and be like, hey. Listen, I we fought this guy at the wreck. Uh, his name is Steven. He's your new coach. Have fun. Like, you can't do that. Come on now. But again, uh, let me hit the let me hit my uh, Mark Jackson with all due respect, of course. With all due respect, <laughs> right? Real quick, I got a real quick question for y'all. I've been hearing Clippers trying to get CP back. What y'all think about that? I mean, that that'd be a good get for them. That'd right? Do they have the money for that? Right. Well, though, what man? money? Right, all right. They had to give up a lot. They would. Which is, yeah. I mean, they already, you know, kind of worn thin. They ain't got no rebounding. They they lack an interior defense. Like, what would you have to give up? They lack a perimeter defense if you ask the Nuggets, but I'm just I just think that this, I think it was, this was partially a perfect storm for the Clippers to get put out, but like, part of the perfect storm was also situations they created, right? Like Montrez Harrell, you can't, you, his, he will not have a grandparent pass every year. Like that's just not gonna happen. They won't be in a bubble sequestered every year. So in seeing his grandparent pass, he won't then have to come back and miss the eight, nine games heading into the playoffs. In order hey, to, hey, hey Gibbs, I don't, I don't like I don't like you making these excuses for the Clippers. I'm Listen, sorry. I'm not. Uh-uh. I'm, oh, P P P P. That was literally the only positive silver lining that you can see for the Clippers. From there, we go to all the things that they created. They created all the hype that makes it hard for a Paul George to function when he's not playing well. Y'all created that. 
Nobody told Steve Ballmer to have a press conference where he's clapping and screaming and, woo, we got our guys. Yeah, let's get it going. Nobody told Pat Bev to be screaming, don't nobody dribble the ball up court against us this year. Don't nobody dribble the ball. Nobody <laughs> tell him to do right. that. Ain't nobody, nobody, nobody told Lou Will, hey, bro, Jack Harlow is this new rapper. He white, but he cool. And, you know, if you go to Magic City with them real quick, you know what I mean? You could, you know, see some strippers real quick and get them wings. You know, they got wings. That, ain't nobody telling them to do that. Those were all choices <laughs> made by the Clippers. So when I say perfect storm, perfect storm often references things that are out of your control because Mother Nature is out of our control. This was a man-made storm that the Clippers are now like, well, uh, we just, this is so unfortunate. This is, this is so terrible. But, you know, at the end of the day, I I just don't see a world in which the Clippers can figure out a way to get CP3 and keep any of what they got going. Because they got to they gotta pay almost everybody except Kawhi and Paul George, if I'm not correct. Like, isn't Montrez about to hit free agency? Montrez about to hit free agency. Marcus Morris was picked up midseason after the deadline, so he's a free agent. Um, Lou Will just got paid, so they don't have to pay him. He on an eight million dollar deal, by the way, which is incredible to me. Like, Ooh, that's a steal. A steal. Eight million dollars for I think he, he got twenty four million for three years, I believe. Uh, that's why he went had, to go see them strippers. He said, "You know yeah. what? If y'all gonna underpay me, I'm gonna underplay I, y'all." No, the thing that's is, he do. accepted that offer. Like, like <laughs> no, I know he did. Shop. But yeah, yeah, that's nutty. That's nutty. That's. But then Pat Beverly, I think he got one more year on his deal, so they gotta pay everybody except. Zubak on a rookie deal still, but I mean, if Zubak is... And he going to need to get paid coming up. Not Tim Faye Mozgov paid, you know, shout out to Russia, but he he did not he did not deserve that contract. Uh, Zubak is no, not going to get it. No, but I mean, honestly, if you go get a better big, I'll I, I let Zubak go. I'm going to be honest. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, I, go. absolutely. I don't like, think Zubak like, is bad, but... Yeah, one can... game changer that'll make the Clippers turn around, which I think he's going to get bought out in Atlanta, too. If they go get Clint Capella... The Clippers will be amazing, but like, well, I, let me not say that because they were supposed to be amazing this year, and then you see what happened this yeah, year. But yeah, yeah, they'd be all right. I think what I think what the Clippers are lacking is a floor general. They don't have anybody that's like a true Chauncey, Rondo, Chris Paul type player. Uh, so they need Kawhi to go Leonard's get Goran Dragic. So they need to go get Goran Dragic. Is what you're saying? They need to pull him out from Miami. It, it will help. Uh, Goran Dragic to stay in Miami. I, I like his yeah. fit in Miami. I'm not going to lie about I feel that. that. But, uh, I feel that. They, I, they I could see a... them going to get Eric Bledsoe back on the Clippers. And he's not a floor oh, general. Lord. but He's not a floor oh, general, God. but he's I'm not somebody... a fan of Bledsoe at all. I'm saying he's somebody <laughs> that, that, that has – he, he would play well with Paul George and Kawhi, I feel like. He All I'm going to say is Bledsoe – if Bledsoe goes to the Clippers, they trainer needs a raise immediately. Having to work on Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, and Eric Bledsoe, bruh, like he can't be salary. You got to be hourly at that point. You I'm go just back thinking hourly. To I'm, get your I'm bread. thinking, I'm thinking of players that that's gonna be off the books or the player, players that look like they're gonna get traded. And For Bledsoe sure. is somebody, Dragic, somebody that I think he's gonna sign back with Miami, but he's somebody free. But it's not All really any guards. That's Bledsoe hit there. the. Bledsoe hit the my leg more than no boy from SpongeBob. I mean, he <laughs> he be hurt, hurt out there. But I, I feel it's, it. He though. be hurt, he be hurt, hurt. But the thing about it is, when he when he not hurt and when he playing, he still don't play all that good. He's ooh ooh, that's interesting because he. I think that he's some instant offense, but I agree that he's not. I think that he's a bit more name now than than actual like yeah. you know this is. He's gonna go out there and, and give you. You're not gonna be surprised when Eric Gordon puts up forty. Like, no, I'm going to be surprised. I'm going to be shocked. It's, it, it's no appalled. free agent point guards out there, though, man. It's like really like the guard, guards got paid the last two years, bro. Yeah. Yeah, they did. They did. They did. But I don't see a world in which the Thunder give up. Uh, I don't see a world in which the Thunder give up CP3 without yeah. getting a lot in exchange. Like, right. No, they, they going to have to give up. The Thunder been smart for that. The CP3, I mean, at the end of the day, he is – endlessly valuable to that team for everything that he's teaching Schroeder, for everything that he's teaching Shea Gilgis Alexander, so they can go forward even after he retires and say, hey, this is this team that we got right here will be just fine. Plus, all those picks they got, I mean, they're, you know, outside of the top two or three, 
you could see the Thunder pop in anywhere over the next three to four drafts. So, yeah. you know. Like, the only that's... only notable name that's a free agent, I think, is De'Aaron Fox at point guard. I think that's the only yeah, one that he, he that, restricted, so we ain't seeing him. Yeah, he over. restricted on a rookie deal. Yeah, him no, and Brandon Ingram. No. Oh, oh, actually, actually, I forgot about somebody. Drew Holiday. I think he available. Mm, okay. Drew Holiday. I could see Drew Holiday there. I yeah, I think Drew. Him. I think Drew up out of New Orleans. Yeah, no, no. New Orleans need to go ahead and hit the rebuild button. They need to go ahead and hit it. They well, actually, right they are now. hitting the rebuild button. I mean, yeah, they are they, hitting they the hit rebuild button, and they're doing it well. They're doing it well. I think they're I doing think it so. the right way. I think way. so. I agree. I think Because they were in position to make the playoffs if it wasn't for that minute yeah. restriction on yeah. Zion. So I, 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 would like, I would like for Drew to stay in New Orleans, quite honestly. I mm. think if they could grow together for a few years, I think they could make a little bit of noise. I mean, does Drew really have a... Lazo need to get himself together, too, but... I mean, up until the bubble, he was getting himself together. I don't know if Ooh. I don't know if he wasn't putting the work in during during the time they were shut down. But those couple of weeks, month, month and a half before uh, the league shut down, Lonzo was shooting thirty five plus percent. He was shooting seventy percent from free throw. It looked like he was finally putting it together. Uh, I'll say this: the Pelicans got to get out of their own way a little bit uh, as far as that minutes restriction on Zion. He's your best player. You got to let him play. You got to let him play. Like, you can't. Well, maybe. You know what? Let me take that back. He's probably your, their best scorer. But Brandon Ingram is it may be their best player overall. But you got to let you gotta let Zion play, bro. You can't. Like, how long are y'all going to say, oh, we got to hold him down? Till when? Till, when? Till he's thinner? Like, that's mostly <laughs> muscle. Right. It's mostly muscle. He's not going to get that much thinner. Like, he's not going to evolve into Charles Barkley with the Rockets with a gut. But, like, he's not going to slim down and become, you know, just this this very thin player out of nowhere. He is who he is. Y'all drafted him at number one. Now live with it and let him play. If yeah. he gets hurt, he gets hurt. But that's part of the deal. Bro, it's, this, this draft and this free agency is god-awful. Like, it's, it's pretty bad. <laughs> like, it's, it's pretty Oof. bad. Like, that's why I'm mad we don't have a GM or a coach. I have to bring that up for y'all, man. Uh-uh. I mean, who was the best free agent out there that could possibly change teams? Van Vliet? Mm-hmm. Well, he going to sign back at the roster, at the Raptors. They going to throw him a bag. You think they so? Might even, I mean, they might even trade Kyle Lowry to pay him a bag. Like, I mean, the Raptors got the bread to do it. I mean, Lowry a free agent, too, I think. I think they're both free agents. No, Lowry not a free agent. He got he extended last year, bro. He extended last year. After they won the title. Yeah, he extended. Okay. And he got paid. He's $31 million man. If Fred Van Vliet is the best free agent, that's a bad free agent class. And I like Van Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I like that. I mean, it depends. Do y'all put Drummond over here? Because Drummond the only other notable name. I mean, that's kind of like 1A and 1B to me. Yeah, to me, Drummond. To me, Drummond is the best, but that's only because I prefer Biggs. All right, here I just put up a list. I just put up a list. So Gordon Hayward, Demar Derozan, Otto Porter Jr., Andre Drummond, Nicholas Batum, Tim Hardaway, Nicholas Batum. (laughs) (laughs) I'm naming these the highest paid. These the highest paid players (laughs) with player options, or they they got a um, free agent. So Batum, Hardaway Jr., Evan Fournier. James Johnson, Marvin Bagley, Jabari Parker, Rodney Hood, De'Aaron Fox. Yeah, these are trash. JaVale McGee, Stanley Johnson. Yeah, and the draft not being good this year makes it even worse to me. It's just like. It's nothing. That's what. I mean. Yeah, DeRozan and Gordon Hayward and Otto Porter Porter still, still, still. I I, th- I like of all the players that you just mentioned that we haven't mentioned this show already. Otto Porter is the only one of note. Like Demar Derozan, <laughs> Demar Derozan, he's a, a a solid, good, solid defender. I don't want to say good. He's a solid defender. Good mid range game. Good at attacking the rim. But he's getting older. Still ain't developed a three point shot. I don't know about you at this point. Auto Porter, he's he's good. I like Auto Porter a lot. I like I'm higher on Auto Porter than a lot of people. Nicholas Batum in 2020, this is what we doing. Come on, man. <laughs> Come on, dog. Yeah, I'm, I'm just naming the list. And, and, and y'all know he getting paid 24 million dollars. He get paid yeah, he 24 million. He better accept that player option yesterday. He better accept that player. Hey, listen. Op- 
Listen, listen, y'all not gonna you know, believe this. Tony Snell getting eleven point five million dollars. <laughs> hey, hey, peep this. You know how you know how on deal or no deal, it became apparent that the person had the million dollar briefcase, and they were just like slamming the case closed every time. They're like, "Do you want to take the deal or no?" That's what Nicholas Batum need to do whenever free agency come up. He need to mash that accept option button immediately. He don't need to. Yeah. He needs to tell his agent. He need to tell his agent, I swear to God, if you do anything, if you sniff, if you even look at another team and don't accept this, he with the Hornets now, correct? Yeah, he's still with the Hornets, but he ain't getting no tick. If he, good, give me twenty four million to chill on the bench. I swear, oh, to he got twenty four million. He averaged three points, two rebounds, and one point one assist. Let me tell you something. The only list that Nicholas Batum should be on in twenty twenty is most recent five-by-fives. Because he had one when he was with the Trailblazers. And it's rare to see five-by-fives because five blocks, five steals, five assists is really the hard part of that. The points and rebounds and, you know, whatever. But, like, that five steals and five blocks in a game, that's impressive. Nicholas Batum ain't that no more. He's not that anymore. He needs to take that 24 M's, go ahead and enjoy his, his time watching the Martin Twins brick up something and just be happy. <laughs> That's what he needs to do. Yeah, I, I'm surprised DeMar DeRozan getting 27.8 million too. I don't know. He got a lot of name recognition though. Chris uh, mentioned Tony Snell, and I just thought of the Pistons. What do y'all think uh, it would take for the Pistons to become back relevant? Prayer. Ooh, prayer. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna tell you this. I'm gonna tell you this. And with the landscape of the East, um, the East has a lot more parity than one would believe because the Heat are a five seed. They weren't a five seed because they had injuries all season or because something went wrong. All season, Kendrick Nunn was the starter over Goran Dragic. I don't know what Goran did before this bubble, but, like, he turned it on. He was their leading scorer. He was their leader. But the East has a lot of parity because at the end of the day, number one, uh, Giannis and company – I don't I don't trust anybody else in in important moments. Not a single one. George Hill is on that team and he's escaped slander for the J.R. Smith moment miraculously, flawlessly. He's escaped slander for that, like Chris Bosch has escaped slander for Kobe's eighty one point game. So there's <laughs> that. Um also when you go down the list, the Celtics, they're young, they're getting better, they're getting better. Danny Ainge is appearing to keep them together well, but also at a certain point, they're not going to be able to pay everybody. They're not going to be able to keep all of them. As good as Danny Ainge is, Danny ain't going to keep all them boys. Okay? You can't pay Marcus Smart. You can't pay Jalen Brown. You can't pay Jason Tatum and uh, Kimba. You can't pay all for them. And granted, I know Kimba's the oldest. He's going to be naturally the one to go, but you just don't replace him with anybody. Replacing him with Brad Wanamaker makes your team exponentially worse. Like, that's just the reality of that. So, you know. Um, and beyond behind them, from really after the third team in the East, who is it? Who it, Like, who did, who jumps out to you and says they'll be third or better True. in the East? True. Nobody. The Pistons, the Pistons are, are fortunate to be in the East. And because of that, all they need is one or two serious playmakers. And by playmaker, I don't mean passer. I mean, like, dominant guys who can get it going. And I'm not saying superstar. I mean, like, star-level guys that two of them, the Pistons would be just fine and back in the conversation in the East. Yeah, I mean, hon- honestly, for championships. Yeah, honestly if you look at it, and you're right. Because, uh, honestly, I think the Pistons, all they got to do is wait for Blake Griffin contract to run out so they have a little extra bread to run with. And if they sign, like, two mid-level guys that can get you, like, 20, I think they might be all right. Like, if they put their money and had a guy like, uh, like we said, DeRozan, the free agent. If they got DeRozan and didn't give him a super bag and they got another player similar to his skill level, I think they'd be all right. Exactly. DeRozan and Otto Porter Jr., right? Right. Like, just just don't give them $30 million. No, no. Don't. <laughs> Don't you do it. Don't you do it. Don't you smoke it. Well, I can't use either of them on the Rockets. I can't use either of them on the Rockets. So, <laughs> so yeah, and then. Wait and a then, second. Here. Bobby Portis got paid $15 million last year? <laughs> yes, oh, sir. my Lord. What? Bobby, I'm going to get 40, and only ended up scoring 39 Portis? Woof. you love to see it. <laughs> you love to see But let me tell you something, though. I'm going to tell you this. This draft, uh, I if I'm one of the players in this draft, 
especially at the top, especially at the top, there is so much room and there is so much motivation to come out and be ballers. If I'm James Wiseman, if I'm LaMelo Ball, if I'm Edwards out of Georgia, everybody keeps calling y'all class awful. And nobody's even named a clear-cut number one yet. Yeah. So, in essence, they're saying, you stink, kid. And I like James Wiseman a lot. Uh, Ball, I, I'm not sure about him yet. Edwards, I think he's uh, the rich man. I think he's uh, Stanley Johnson with a Gucci belt. Like, that's, <laughs> that's just... <laughs> So they they all have a lot of room and a lot of motivation. Because I'm sorry, but I've never heard the draft class talked about like this before. Like, we all are just completely, Never. Nobody in factoring in what teams are going to be next season has mentioned anybody coming out of this draft. That's never been the case before. Every other year, even the year Anthony Bennett went number one, everybody looked at the Cavs and were like, yo, are y'all smoking crack? He He's not the best player in that draft. There are other players who are supposed to be, you know, who are supposed to be taken in that position. Anthony Bennett wasn't him. And true to uh, true to life, there turns out there were a bunch of better players than Anthony Bennett in that draft. So, you know, I just, I really am, uh, that 2013 draft, to be exact, there, I'm really looking at this draft like, woof, y'all got to be, y'all got to be something else to, to hear people talk about y'all like this. It, all I expect next year, they got to show and prove. They got to. All of them will get a couple years, especially James Wiseman, because bigs get more time to develop for me than guards. But, you know, that 2013 draft had Giannis, Gobert, Steven Adams, uh, CJ McCollum, KCP, and Victor Oladipo. So, you know, like, at the end of the day, this draft being talked about the way it is, boy, I tell you, I mean, <laughs> Everybody knew Zion was going to make the Pelicans instantly better. So, you know, it's it's just mm, – I feel bad for these boys in this draft. I don't even like the teams that got the first three picks because the Warriors, they don't really need nobody in the first three picks besides Wiseman. They could use I, I Wiseman. Think they, I think either they take Wiseman. I think they're trying to win right now. I think they might flip it. They might trade it. Yeah, I was just about to say, if they don't take Wiseman, they got to trade it because they don't have – they need a big. I think they need a big. Like, that's not like a, oh, they should get a big. No, they need a big. They They need one. Uh, but other than that, I don't see too much else. Although I'm gonna be sick watching. Imagine having Steph on the on. Imagine having Steph and Wiseman on the pick and pop, and like if Wiseman is shooting thirty percent from the three this year, I'm just I'm a, I'm gonna cry a little bit. I'm gonna cry a little bit, and I'm, I gotta have a warrior spirit. I gotta have a warrior spirit <laughs> to get through that because that's that's gonna be embarrassing for the rest of the league. But yeah, that's I'm. I, we were supposed to talk about other things, but we veered off in the NBA free agency and whatnot. And, and so we're we going to go ahead and skip ahead a little bit here because we talked about the finals. We talked about what teams look like. We talked about what the Pistons are going to look like. But can we just – can we talk about something real quick? Uh, are our guests Lions fans? Are our guests today Lions fans? I am. I mean, you know, it's, it's, it's hard to be a Lions fan, but I'm, I'm a Lions fan, yeah. Hey, I'm going to tell you, being a Lions fan gives you an advantage in the dating world because a woman knows you are loyal to a fault. She knows even <laughs> if she gives you no reason to stay, you're not cheating, you're not leaving, you will not deviate from the true course of rectitude with your Ole. The Packers. I'm, I'm loyal to the Detroit fan, Detroit fan, uh, the Detroit sports. I am. Same, same here, same here. And the Packers got absolutely dominated today 38 to and it's hard for me to to truly enjoy this win the way I should because I had to get on air afterwards so I didn't want to do any of the uh, uh any sipping of the the devil's nectar if you will but boy the Packers are the only undefeated that got beat this week and they got beat big time uh the Chiefs lost this week as well they lost to the Raiders of the two which team are y'all more worried about the Packers or the Chiefs? Or are you not worried about either? Uh, definitely not worried about the Packers. I'll say I'm yeah, worried about no. the Chiefs because they just won the title and they got right. a young quarterback. And Andy Reid is in that bag that you talked about, Gibbs. You know that bag, that Birkin limited edition Birkin bag that only hey. that created them. He in that bag. So. Hey, but Pete, but Pete. Okay, Josh, are you worried about either team? Are you worried about either team? Huh? Chiefs. 
Pat You're Packers not Chiefs, yeah really? Packers not on my radar. The, the Chiefs coming off of a Super Bowl, they set up to to be in that position for the next few years, and I don't see any reason why they. I mean, I know it's rare in the NFL to, to get back to backs, but I don't see a reason why they don't win again this year. Oh, oh, okay, okay. So y'all were saying that y'all aren't worried about them losing. Okay, I'm in worried in no, the sense no. of like you worried about them. Oh yeah, yeah, the rest yeah, of yeah, the way. yeah, yeah. Okay, oh, no, so no, no, no. and the Chiefs just signed Le'Veon Bell too. The rich get richer, man. The rich get richer. That that was my favorite running back. I know y'all know I'm a Steelers fan. Steelers, but even at Michigan State, but that was my favorite running back in Michigan State. Like I, I followed him all the way to the league, like from Michigan State to the league. Like that was I my did, guy. I'm, I'm gonna tell you this. I'm not concerned about either team uh, being bad going down the stretch for this reason. Number one, the division the Packers play in. Matt Patricia is a head coach in your division. You can go ahead and book two wins. Um, the Vikings. The Vi- oh, the Bears. I'm, I'm not really. The Bears are the most formidable opponent in their division. Like, the NFC North is not exponentially better than the NFC East. I'm sorry. I don't want to say it, but I got to say it. They're not exponentially better. There are a few, uh, there are a few little roles the opposite way from being the NFC East. But when that's the team, it, that's the only team that's competing in your division, Kirk Cousins stinks. Kirk Cousins is awful. You talking about 60, 65 million guarantee or was it, what was it? It was 80 million guaranteed or something yeah, it was, like that. Yeah, it was something crazy. Yeah, he had one of them stupid inflated, which is, you know, Dak should have got that. He Dak should have got the contract that Kirk got. But I digress. Anywho. Uh, yeah, that's not something to worry about. And the, the Chiefs, I mean, Jesus Christ. The only position where you looked at the Chiefs and were like, ooh, that's an area of concern on their offense, running back. You weren't sure what Clyde Edwards-Alaire was going to be. He's a rookie, so naturally you expect him to hit the rookie wall at some point. And then they say, oh, Adam Gase, you don't like that running back you got over there? Mighty fine pass catcher out the backfield you got there. Be ashamed if someone – Took him to the Super Bowl. Not, like, <laughs> like, let me just paint an image for the audience. You got Sammy on one side when he comes back. You got Tyreek on another side when he comes back. You had what's the third receiver name? Uh, Gibbs, help me out. De'Anthony, McCole Harmon. McCole, McCole Harmon, Harmon and De'Anthony. You got De'Anthony yeah. too there. De'Anthony is so, their return man. He's he's an animal too though. He's a different right, animal too. Though. So you got McCole Harmon. So you got those three speed demons. Sammy not so much a speed demon, but he's fast. Yeah, and then you yeah. got Le'Veon and you got Edwards in the backfield that also good people that can catch the ball. So at any point, the Chiefs can go out there with six receivers that it's, can all that, catch the ball. Really it's well. sickening. It's sickening. It's sickening. It's sickening. First of all, if you can line up Le'Veon Bell in the slot and he's your worst pass catcher that you got on the field, Le'Veon Bell, who had more, he led the league in touches for a few years straight. Levy, that Le'Veon Bell, if you, it's it's sickening. It's it's just wrong. It's it's a crime. It's a crime. And you know what? I want Adam Gase and the Jets arrested. I want Woody Johnson and them arrested. I'm sorry, <laughs> but this has to happen. Like, why would you do this to the rest of the league? Why? Why? But yeah, I thought that the the I thought the Chiefs were gonna have some type of Super Bowl hangover. There is none to be found. Uh, they are going to go out and dominate again. If everybody stays healthy, I mean, they're they're going to be just fine. The Packers, they play in one of the worst, probably the second worst division in football. So NFC East, by record, is by far the worst. But, like, if we're talking talent-wise and coaching-wise, you know, the NFC North is a close second. And um, you, yeah, I just, wow. Wow. But I will say this, though. I will say this, though. The only silver lining, if you hate the Packers and you hate the Chiefs and or you hate the Chiefs, um, all the COVID cases going around the NFL, we may not even see an NFL season conclude. We may not see it because they're not really enforcing their bubble as tough as uh, the NFL was. And on top of that, you know, you're you, they – they're shutting down facilities left and right. So, at the end of the day, who knows? The NFL may not finish up. The NFL may not finish up. And listen, before we get to Don Tolliver playing, I want our guests to talk about their podcast. Tell us where we can follow y'all, where we can see more of your work at. 
And there we go. Also, shout out to Nesby. Shout out to uh, Black folks in STEM because I know that's how you and Chris linked up and and whatnot at work. Yes, so anywho, talk. Tell Nesby. us where we can follow you. Tell us where we can follow you. Uh, you can follow me on Instagram at John Lou J O H N L E A X. You can follow our podcast Everybody Eats B podcast on all your streaming platforms: uh, Apple Music, Spotify. Um, wherever you listen to podcasts, uh, Google Podcasts, uh, we'll be there. So uh, Google Everybody Eats B podcast, and uh, we talk sports, we talk music, we're big hip-hop fans, and uh, yeah, man, come check us out. Glad to be here. I appreciate y'all inviting us on again. Word, word, word. Hey, it's always great to have y'all on. Um, and, and to be honest, we done had enough of this draft class that the NBA got coming up. We done had enough of the free agency class we got coming up. Y'all hear the Don Tolliver, so y'all know what time it is. But come back next week and a week after that and a week after that. Peace and love, y'all. You had enough. I know you had enough.